Hey, it's your old pal Slim, and this is 70 Millimeter, a podcast for film lovers. Every Monday, I'm joined by famous artist Danny Haas. <laughs> And spiritual advisor, Pertalexis. I was sitting, Jenna was in the room with me and she was just on her iPad. But I, I said, Jenna, put the iPad down and look at this man's body. And together as friends forever, we discuss recently watched movies. We're closing out shame month this episode with the OG 1933 King Kong. Is this a historic technical achievement in film or problematic slop? Let's find out now. weeks in a row i'm starting off with an announcement gosh never been done Mm. but we've long been asked when are we going to have international shipping for prints Mm -hmm. on our web store vhsvillage.com a lot of people want to buy danny's beautiful prints frame them up and they're international and up until up until now danny said it's not in the cards babe (laughs) but now it is it's Mm -hmm. official international shipping on prints Danny, how do you feel? It's finally coming to fruition after all this time. It feels good. My, uh, it's hard shipping overseas. Tell me about Expensive. it. Expensive. I don't know how people fees do Fees and customs and taxes and I don't, I don't like it very much. <laughs> I couldn't believe that you, of all people, were able to get 20 postmaster generals from around mm-hmm. the world on a Zoom together. Yeah. To get this figured out. We did. And uh, dedication, we got it done. It's like Charlie from It's Always Sunny when he's in front of the board and he's got his hands up, yeah, you know, the, the strings with the pins. That's Danny figuring out international shipping mm. for Prince. I did it. His eyes are bloodshot right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and just a reminder if you're a patron, you get 20% off of Prince. Uh, actually, not just Prince, everything. So if you've been sitting waiting to join our Patreon, Four bucks a month, discount on merch. Join our fabulous Discord, uh, which had some amazing discussions this week about King Kong, our feature prezzo. Uh, Let's see, I forgot to update my list of new friends, but uh, I believe this is the official list. Logan, Omar, Marcus, Eric, Jeff, and Devin joined this week. My goodness. Welcome aboard. Welcome. They're here. There's um, There's been some buzz on Twitter about a certain movie that was disparaged last week. I wanted to get into it real briefly. Oh, okay. Um, Shrek. People still talk about that movie? People still talking about Shrek. Oh, interesting. <laughs> the Shrek. There's just a picture of Shrek that Gabe just posted. It's not a moving for me, so it just looks very sad. Um, a lot of love for Shrek back in the day, but come to find out, that Danny has given Shrek a half star on letterbox.com. You know, and that was like, that was day one starring. Like, so that would be a BLB rating and I'm never changing it. Wow. Never going back. <laughs> I'm never going back. 
Pardo, what are your thoughts on Shrek, the trilogy, and the first one? There's three? Oh, yeah. At least three. Jeez. At least. Then there was the the cat with the boots spinoff. <laughs> There's four, Marcy. Uh, cat and boots. <laughs> uh, There's four? I, uh, I remember not really caring for Shrek when it came out. Uh, the jokes were a little... Not, not my style. Hmm. Okay. Thank you. Um, and then the, just the, of any animated movie, it just looks awful now. Mm-hmm. The animation, mm-hmm. it has aged very poorly. Don't get so, Matt, please. I don't see any reason to return. <laughs> Is there a 4k release of Shrek plan? Maybe we go back. Maybe there's like a special edition where what DreamWorks heads back into the studio, cleans it up a bit, and we go back. It won't happen, Matt. <laughs> All right. I, I put it put in the old college try <laughs> for Shrek. There's one thing I will say about Shrek. Uh, last time we went to Disney a couple years ago, we went to Universal. We usually try to have like a day or two in Universal as well. Mm-hmm. And I think it was just because it was 120 real feel. We went into the Shrek ride to not die in the sun. That is the worst. You would have rather have died in the sun? I would have rather had heat stroke <laughs> than sit in the queue line for the Shrek ride. Listen, it's just like some guy telling bad jokes for 40 minutes before you even get in the ride. I don't even remember what the ride was. I wanted to die. You know what that replaced, Matt? Hitchcock. I couldn't believe it when I saw that on a random YouTube channel. <sighs> I'm heated now. Pardo, have you ever been to Universal Studios? No. Never been to Universal Never been to Disney World, Land, any of those. Have you been to I've, Florida? I've been to, uh, yeah, I've been to Florida. I was at- You left uh, the tri-state area? <laughs> Let them speak. Called, <laughs> um, I think I was in the northern part of uh, Florida. I don't understand the geography of Florida at all. Right. I know there's a, you know, a few big cities. Is there, I don't what know is locations. in your mouth right now? Nothing. <laughs> What if, let's just put pause on the chocolate happening right now in in your mouth. But what if the next, the first ever VHS Village meetup at the VHS Vista, we go to Disney, spend some time at Universal Studios, and we just have the time of our lives. Golly. Jenna would be fine with that, right? Your first Disney experience being at the- Strangers. (laughs) 90% total Strangers. Oh yeah, men in real life? sure. Yeah, you know my kids are you know under ten. Uh, love Disney. They, I, I doubt they have any interest in going. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys, gotta go to the meetup. Have fun at home. <laughs> Daddy's working. Oh, <laughs> uh, Mama Mia! Danny, did you watch any movies this week uh, before we get into our feature prezzo, King Kong, in just a bit? I didn't. So let's move on to Proto. You know. <sighs> Long week. Real tough. Sorry. You know? I was getting international shipping done. Mm. Can only make so many people happy at once. Remnant suggests that you were just still recovering from Zack Snyder's Justice League. (laughs) I should have watched that third time. Pardo, what about you? Did you watch anything this week? I did. I do have to start with last week, though. I forgot to mention that I began the uh, Lean Journey last week. Mm. As a reminder... We are doing another journey. We did the alien journey, which was over the course of 
six months. So we're doing a David Lean where we're watching one of his movies for the next five months. And the month, uh, the month of March, the movie was Hobson's Choice, uh, his movie from 1954. So I watched that. I gave it three stars. It's about a guy named Henry Hobson who owns, uh, he's a shoemaker. He has three daughters who uh, work for him. They're, they're, uh, they're grown of uh, wedding age kind of thing. <laughs> and they're, they are desperate to get married and out of uh, under their father's thumb because he is a, um, uh, to put it lightly, a monster mm-hmm. pretty much. Uh, it's it's a funny movie. I mean, it's actually a really cute movie. There's a lot of humor to it, but the dude is just, he's pretty rough to his to his kids. Um, but yeah, I had a great time. I know, Slim, you watched it too. What, what did you think? I did. I uh, just want to point out that Mikey said, I stepped away as proto-summarizing Shrek right now. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. The restoration on HBO Max is really gorgeous. It was yeah. pristine. And I don't think it's been released on 4K um, or maybe not even Blu-ray, but there's a Criterion version that looks pretty nice, I think. I liked it. It was fun. The one thing that I called out was the main lead female, the the wedded age uh, character who's like, thir- she, she said she was 30. And Brenda DeBanzi, the actress, she was nearing 50 at the time of filming this movie. I believe And that. I said in my review, get it, girl. Because I was complaining about this very thing in Mank, that movie that's been nominated for about 20 Oscars. I was just kind of annoyed that uh, Gary Oldman can, is like 70 and he's playing a 30-year-old in that movie and he gets away with it while they have to have all these young gals. So I enjoyed that aspect of it. Plus, I thought it was how, pretty fun. How about the shot of him walking back from the bar where he's, where he's uh, drunk and the, the moon reflecting in those puddles? <sighs> Man, it was like really gorgeous. I'm. This is kind of cool because you know I haven't seen Lean's other movies, but I know, you know what he's kind of known for, and I feel mm-hmm. like you kind of get a taste for that with this, with just some of the shots that he had. So, if anything, it just made me excited for the movies that we're gonna uh, watch coming up. Mm-hmm. What's April's movie coming up? Uh, if you want to join our Discord and, and watch along with us, I think it's a uh, Bridge on the River Kwai. My oh word. my! Excuse me. Yes, I've heard that name. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be big. Did you watch anything else? I did. Uh, so we watched. We covered Metropolis. Mm. So I I went back to Fritz Lang, and I watched his movie from 1931. Came out four years after Metropolis. M. Oh. M. Four which, by was this four by three again? Another four, four by, by three. three. That's right four. Now. That's four four by threes for me in the month of of March. Unheard of. I don't think it's ever been done in the month of no. March. Uh, M is about a a serial killer who preys on young girls, and uh, well, it's that's what the it kind of revolves around. But what's cool about it is it doesn't actually focus so much on the killings or the serial killer. It's more about um, law enforcement and um, actually the, the the crime syndicates trying to catch this guy and the different uh, just techniques and 
tools they used to make it possible mm. during this time frame, which I found incredibly fascinating. Uh, just using like what tech you would have at the time in terms of like phones and and timers and watches and maps to try to have a manhunt where you could catch a killer without really having any details other than the victims. Um, and again, this movie felt way ahead of its time. Uh, in some ways, it felt like a modern movie. I didn't feel like I was watching something, uh, you know, from the 1930s. Mm-hmm. So, and this is, um, it's not silent. Oh. So it is in German, but uh, oh. it's not silent. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's, so you, you know, it's, it, it's, it'll be different than Metropolis. Uh, and it's actually, it must just be on that cusp because there's moments where it's like dead silent. There's obviously no audio to mm-hmm. back it up. Uh, and then it cuts to dialogue. But um, yeah, I gave it four stars. So wow. it, it was, it was Man. a good watch. When you mentioned a uh, serial killer. It reminded me of that famous quote from the movie Replicant with Jean-Claude Van Damme, mm-hmm. where he's like, think twice before you clone a killer. <laughs> <laughs> where did that come from? God, you just wanted to do a voice. <laughs> Listen, I was hard into JCVD for a long time. My His movies. God. I mean, he has an amazing physique, obviously. He's an amazing oh, dancer. Yeah. There's some... <laughs> scandalous videos of him dancing with women on YouTube that I'm not sure I recommend you finding out. But uh, this just wanted to weasel that in there. Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, the other one I'll mention is uh, our friends over at the Synonauts are covering Enter the Dragon mm. this week. The <sighs> Bruce <one>. Lee movie. <laughs> I had never seen it. Ooh. So I saw that Holy it was cow. on Netflix. So I popped that bad boy on. Big one. Yeah, that's that's a big one. Uh, what a ton of fun Enter mm-hmm. the Dragon is. I had a great time. And this is my first Bruce Lee movie. Let me tell you something. Tell me. Tell us. I was sitting, Jenna was in the room with me and oh, she was no. just on her iPad. But I, I said, Jenna, <laughs> put the iPad down and look at this man's body. <laughs> I could, I could not get over what I was seeing in motion. <laughs> Really, like this is the first time where I was just speechless. Like my jaw dropped at the sight of another man, mm-hmm. um, and I felt something that I'd never felt before—an awakening. He's got like zero percent body fat. It's unreal. It doesn't look human. But I also was drawn to his body <laughs> while viewing. It was insane. <laughs> what do you think about the groin shots? I love a good. You know what? <laughs> if you're fighting for your life. Everything's on the table. That's what mm. I say. When this man's dead, he's not going to need his groin anymore. Right. So you can take Check it out. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I rewatched it too. Uh, this this Synonauts episode, Enter the Dragon, our dear friend of the show from Bat and Spider, Chuck Forsman, is guesting on this episode. So when this is out, that episode will be out. So I fired it up too. And you know what? If you are in Mortal Kombat, I'd be going for ball shots constantly probably. <laughs> That'd be my number one move. Do or die time. You know? Wear a cup. <laughs> None of these people could fashion a cup on that island out of anything. Eyes on the ball shot. We have to keep this train moving. We're going to be talking about King Kong 1933. And I referenced Proto's letterbox.com review. It's our favorite social media site, hands down. Spent a lot of time on that website looking at my friend's movie reviews the ratings, 
We had a lively discussion in Discord today, paying everyone's one-star V five-star reviews. Mm. Um, someone in our Discord, I'm not going to name names, was talking about how Avatar is like a one-star movie. Jim Cameron's Avatar? It's a shocker. I felt like like I needed to start gagging when I saw that mm-hmm. in our Discord today. Mm-hmm. We were hovering over the delete Discord button. We had Discord reps on the phone to remove it asking all. them how to shut it all down. But we pressed on. Um, and every week we give away a free year of Letterboxd Pro. So if you are a hardcore movie fan, movie lover, you can pay a few bucks, become a Letterboxd Pro member, get rid of ads, and uh, a host of other sweet features like finding where your movies are streaming. So this week's winner of a year of Letterboxd Pro Kevo forever on IG. Kev, Kev. Congrats, Kev. Uh, I just want to read some of his message. Uh, new listener with the Justice League episode. Oh, wow. So thank God we did that episode, obviously. Amazing movie. Uh, jumped on with this episode. Not only are you guys great, but you made me a fan with the trial of Tim Heidecker reference. Well, you just had Looking some. forward to digging into your back catalog. <laughs> <laughs> The system works is all I want to say. Mm. And if you want to support Letterboxd just in general and you want to upgrade to Letterboxd Pro or patron status, get a nice banner image behind your account, get that badge next to your name, you can do so at 20% off on 70mmpod.com. Before we get into King Kong, let's see what I watched this week that I want to touch on. Watched a lot. Maybe I'll talk about a Denzel movie that I watched. Saw some buzz on Letterboxd from a few people that I follow on a movie from 2010. Denzel and Chris Pine called Unstoppable. You heard about this? Excuse me? Tony Scott. You mean to tell me Denzel is in a movie called Unstoppable? He, not only is he Mm -hmm. unstoppable as an actor, as a force on screen, Mm -hmm. but the movie is called Unstoppable. Tony Scott directed this. You might know, uh, rest in peace, Tony Scott. Top Gun, True Romance, Man on Fire. And you made the state Crimson Tide, Beverly Hills Cop 2, Days of Thunder, Spy Game. Anywho. Crimson Tide was my first rated R movie I saw. <laughs> How did it go? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only piece of remember. information you retained. <laughs> uh, so Unstoppable, Denzel and Chris Pine are... Uh, Automotive employees. You know, mm-hmm. they're just working the trains. I'm tracking with that. Keep going. And uh, they're at odds a little bit to start the, the movie. You know, this young buck, Chris Pine, this son mm. of a union boss taking his job. And uh, they find out that a train is on the loose. And it's it's full of like toxic waste, essentially. Of course. And it's got about to derail in a town. And someone's got to stop this train. I thought it was amazing. Four stars. <laughs> Loved it. God, I believe what? What? <laughs> what? I was shocked. Tony Scott. I'm a big Tony Scott fan. I love Man on Fire. It's one of my fave movies. And if you don't love Man on Fire, you need to, you need to check yourself. Uh-huh. Sure. Rosario Dawson is in Unstoppable. She was amazing. Beck says Slim. What? <laughs> uh, Eric, OF, I've actually seen this movie. I know. And I'm blowing minds right now. Listen, I'm trying to, to give it a chance. I'm trying to dig into my watch list, make moves. 
make some headway, and that's what I'm saying right now. Check this movie out if you want a good time. I think it might be time for King Kong. 1933. Shame Month finale. I, I put a poll to the IG. That's right. Have you seen King Kong 1933? 54% have not seen it. Mm. So similar to Metropolis, where the majority have not seen the movie, we're digging in. Changing minds. Hmm. Streaming on HBO Max. Marion C. Cooper. Ernest B. Showed Sack. Excuse me? Mm. 1933. Proto, can you guide us down the Empire State Building to discuss King Kong? <laughs> Showed Sack, huh? <laughs> Think twice before you clone a killer. Stupid. Oh, God. Carl Denham, picture maker and risk taker extraordinaire, is out to make the most fabulous motion picture yet. Having found evidence of a mysterious island inhabited by a tribe and a beast of immeasurable size, Denham sets out with a crew to make his motion picture on the island. But little do they know what awaits. Kong, King of the Apes, the eighth wonder of the world. Fay Ray, would-be heroine of the film, is kidnapped by the people of the island and offered as a sacrifice to Kong. In an attempt to get everyone killed, Denim and the crew race after Kong and nearly get everyone killed. Thanks to smoke bomb technology, the crew decides to capture Kong and bring him back to New York City where he can be put on display and generate some serious revenue for old denim. But will Kong be okay with that? Or will he prove that love is stronger than steel? King Kong. Now, all-timer. I just thought you stepped up your game somehow mm-hmm. for these intros the last few weeks. Oh, thank you. you. I felt like I was mailing this one in. No. I appreciate that. <laughs> No way. <laughs> Holy moly. Mikey P says, redo your Rogue One intro. I'm not sure if that's going to happen. There's actually a t-shirt. That, that one went on the t-shirt, Mikey. We can't. <laughs> Maybe just for you. I'll DM you, Mikey. It's in print. Uh, King Kong, 1933. Four by three. Black and white. I'd never seen this movie. Uh, I'm part of the 54%. Danny, were you part of that as well? I am. I even clicked... That I didn't on the on the poll, so that's me, fifty four percent. Now, Proto, I guess the answer is obvious that you have not seen this, right? Since I think was this your pick or was this Danny's pick? It is my pick. Yeah, you have or have not? I had not. Oh wow! Holy moly! Had you? <laughs> no. Okay, so we're all in the same. Page we're on the same boat, <laughs> and this is a fitting movie for us to dig into before. Godzilla versus King Kong drops, I think, next week by the time this comes out. Mm. I was pretty excited. I was like, man, you know what? I don't hear a lot of people talk about this movie. Never seen it. Time to dig in. Mm-hmm. First note that I have in this viewing, didn't take a lot of notes. Uh-oh. Uh, they spend six weeks on this boat, this film crew, to go to Skull Island. Six weeks on a boat. A 1933. Dream. I would want to drown myself. Mm, on no this way. boat. Look at, I mean, the crew of this boat, the people in this crew, Denim, 
I would not want to be six weeks near any of these people. You would? I mean, I would definitely spend six weeks on a boat going somewhere, babe. Oh, my God. I don't know about this boat. This was like a cargo carrier. This looked like right. hell. It's like cartons of fish under under the bottom of that boat or something. I need you guys to get adventurous, okay? <laughs> <laughs> not only that, but six weeks back, they kidnapped Kong. Where's he going on that boat? You know? Movie magic. They're gonna spend, are they gassing him every day? <laughs> That's why he like, did one with oh, throw yeah. the extra one. Gosh, how about our girl Anne? Send the text. Can, can I can I come out from inside the boat? <laughs> like this poor girl. She's she what she's inside the boat for six weeks? Mm-hmm. Is that what we're led to believe? Yeah. Jack, please. I mean, I know it's it's you want to play hard to get with the girl that you love, but he put it on a little strong, wouldn't you say? The first mate. Oh, Jack. <laughs> yeah. There's a line later in the movie that I specifically wrote down, <laughs> I think, where he like says, I love you to her later in the movie for the first time. And she's like, and he's like, oh my God. Uh, but Jack, you hate women. How, you love me? <laughs> I was like, oh my God. 1930, what's happening right now? Oh God. What's on your list after I uh, trash the boat <clears throat> in particular, Danny? The, well, I couldn't get, there's so much dialogue in this movie that is absolutely poorly written. And it's so much at the beginning of this movie that it was so hard to. Uh, follow and it's not only poorly written it's really poorly performed especially by denim oh. like he's such a terrible actor like i i hope this was his first and last film <laughs> for for cinema's sake <laughs> i mean he's dead now so it's not going to get back to him rest in peace but uh holy cow he was horrific he sounded like he was talking like he had a Tommy gun in his back pocket. Right. Like he sounded like a gangster in all of his lines. He was awful. And everything he did was like, come on, guys, we're going to go this way. And he'd like do the long like arm swing. It was just, mm-hmm. yeah. oh, baby, it was tough to get to get into a place of enjoying this film. It was so bad at the start that I thought that maybe – there, there was some kind of meta thing going on where it's about this guy who's making yeah. a movie and they're making fun of making movies. But like, very, you know, very quickly you realize, no, this is just really bad. How mm-hmm. about the scene where he goes to find Anne and he just grabs her yeah. and says, uh, what's he say? Something like, oh, there's a taxi and, and, and just- Kidnaps her. Kid, yeah, basically kidnaps her. Mm-hmm. What's your name? Ann Darrow. Fine. I've got a job for you. Costumes on the ship will fit you. Broadway shops are still open. I can get some clothes for you there. Come on. What is it? It's money and adventure and fame. It's the thrill of a lifetime and a long sea voyage that starts at 6 o'clock tomorrow morning. This takes place, you know, everyone, I guess, is jobless. They have no food. They're in line to get bread. And she's stealing, what, like an apple or an orange or something from a newsstand? It's black and white, so you can't tell. And <laughs> some kind of circular object. <laughs> and he is without a lead for his movie, so he just hits the streets. I'm going to find someone, see? we got to make this picture. And he finds this girl who is, like, starving to death and takes her into a taxi cab uh, and whisks her away onto a boat. You are a scumbag, this mm. guy. Denim. I wanted to punch him in the face the entire movie watching this thing. Horrific. The the whole thing about her, you know, this is taking place during the Great Depression, obviously. And 
Just like just uh, uh, taking her. I mean, was she homeless too? I mean, she didn't have a care in the world about leaving for six weeks. She didn't really even tell anybody. I don't know. I was just so taken aback by that plot. And I know it's a hundred years old, takes place during a certain period of time, but like, man, I'm like, what is going on? So bizarre, right? I felt like I had to kept telling myself this movie just hit had had its like 88th birthday. Like if I was seeing this in the thirties in the cinema, would it be that weird or that mm-hmm. bad? Uh, so I don't know. It was, right. it was in, in 2021. It's, it's a hard watch. Well, I think it's comparable to, you know, where we get just bad acted action movies, you know, this day, like look at any Michael Bay movie, look at the transformers, <laughs> right? Mm. Like they look good. You're excited to see transformers on the screen, but the acting and the oh writing my. is terrible. We're going to get some right. letters about that. <laughs> I mean, I, I sat through all those transformers movies. James was on a kick. So I had to get them all the last night. Anthony Hopkins one. It's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. <laughs> Jeez <laughs> Louise. Knights of the round table robots have just been unearthed until like the seventh Transformers movie. Let's get into it. The one where they destroy <laughs> Chicago is pretty good though. I can't, I couldn't. Uh, let's maybe before we get too overtly negative, I mean, we a lot of negativity for me to get to by this movie, but the stop motion King Kong himself. I adored the stop mm-hmm. motion in this movie. I loved seeing Kong. I loved his face. Goofy was, ass uh, face. It was like, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, face mannerisms, you know, it in that, was, in that yeah. short. Um, what did you think, Danny? I, I loved it. And what was impressive was uh, I think the every time they it did it where they would pass through, I mean, I meant to bring this up with you as well, but when they would pass through um, uh, either Anne or another human and it would go from film to stop motion in his hand or in his mouth Mm -hmm. or that was impressive. Like it's, it was obvious what it was, but it felt still like seamless how they did it. And even like, um, the scale of things where she's on the log and T-Rex and Kong are fighting behind her. I mean, that fight was awesome. Like I couldn't get over how cool it was. Mm. So there were so many rad scenes, uh, so many, it was like smart choices too. Like, uh, when they killed the Stegosaurus and they were walking by its giant body, like that was smart. Yeah. That was rad how they would, they would pan the camera with them and the background was like, it looked like they were walking past it. Uh, but when they shot that Stegosaurus like uh, 90 (laughs) times and then 10 more times in the face. (laughs) And they point blank in the head. (laughs) And then the God, tail. Yeah. Oh man, so goofy. I, yeah, I love the idea that here you're on this island. You see a dinosaur <laughs> that you wouldn't have thought existed. It looks at you. Ah, give it to him, boys. <laughs> and they just try to kill it. And then it's yeah, it's laying there. I couldn't get over the line. Denim goes, give him another one. <laughs> it shoots him in the face. <laughs> Like, uh, what are yeah. they doing? That was an R-rated moment in this movie. <laughs> like, if I had children watching this, I probably would have fast-forwarded through that shot. Them just, like, <laughs> annihilating its face. My gosh. Bullets. The blood pouring out of T-Rex's mouth? The black Oh, my. Oh, man. Yeah. Looked like jelly falling out of there. So gross. What did you think of the stop motion, Proto? I loved it as well. And I know they still do stop motion now. Mm-hmm. But I wish it, they would... I wish they would do it in this style 
or almost have like a throwback movie in a similar way that they, they make video games now that are 8-bit, 16-bit that just mimic mm-hmm. uh, you know an older style. And the thing is like watching this, yeah, it's old and there's ways to make it look better with modern tech, but it still looks great and it's fun to watch. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Sean and, and, and Chad is saying the rag to all bodies. Oh my gosh. Amazing. <laughs> That's what I was going to bring up with when uh, they're in the water and the, whatever that thing is, the, the, the Loch Ness is, yes. is grabbing them and oh tossing them. God. I was dying <laughs> with that. The dummy budget in the this dummies. movie was through the roof. Them just falling down from the logs also. Yes. Like they didn't care. Like this is what's happening in the scene. It's obviously dummies, but maybe that blew minds in 1930. What's the uh, stop motion company that still produces now? What was the one like Orbo uh, movie that uh, came out? Kubo. Kubo. Uh, and the, the Kubo Laka? is an, yeah, Laka, what I think is what you're talking about. But Kubo is a phenomenal film. Like we should definitely do that at some point because it is My. gorgeous. And the stop motion feels seamless. It's just, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. The behind the scenes making of that film is is mind blowing. Proto, what else is on your list for Kong? I, I liked, well, so the first 45 minutes of this is just pretty awful mm-hmm. and boring and not interesting. But once it hits once you get 45 minutes in and they get to the island, it really picks up. And that's where the stop motion stuff happens. And it's a ton of fun. Um, what you were saying about the dinosaurs, I, I remember from the 2005 Peter Jackson King Kong, mm. there's a there's a, there's a T-Rex fight in that. And it actually has the same thing where he actually uh, kills the T-Rex in the same manner with like pulling back his jaw and then with King Kong just like closing it to make sure like he's dead. Uh, and that was kind of cool to see this one this time and be like, oh, that was a complete just take from from the original. Um, and even just how cool it was to see how Kong would fight where there's almost a point in every fight that he's in where you think he's going to lose. Mm. But then he figures out what he needs to do to win. And then he just like destroys whoever he's fighting. Yeah. And I haven't seen a, an original, the original Godzilla versus King Kong. So I am like so excited mm. just to see Kong fight Godzilla and like whatever style he's going to use for that fight. Um, also, the other thing that's interesting about this, I read a little bit about it, um, how King Kong, his his scale changes throughout the movie. And apparently that's like a normal thing um, in the Kong movies. Cause they say even, yeah, it's something like he's um, I, I think there's periods where he's like 30 meters tall and then he jumps to 60. And then when he's in um, New York city, he's like 80. Mm. And then they say like in the newest uh, skull Island movie, he was a certain height, but now he's in the Godzilla versus Kong, he's going to be much bigger to match Godzilla's size. Yeah, I was, I was actually going to ask that because I didn't get the trailer. Like, I didn't understand how Kong was all of a sudden bigger, as as big as Godzilla. So, I, you know, maybe Smoke there was bombs. a line in Skull Island that I just missed. Like, oh, he could adjust his mess. I think they don't even just, they just don't even care. They don't they <laughs> reference, don't they reference that he's uh, young because of his dead family? Like those monsters that killed his family, whatever was on the island before him. Oh, like he was like essentially like a child maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To start of the movie, there's an overture with music playing. And then the the credits 
actually were gorgeous, I thought. Oh my gosh. The text, Insane. the font mark type Matt, uh, mm -hmm. sizing, Jeez. whatever you want to call it, the color mark, colorway. The, but I was kind of like begging for a restoration. You know, it still looks old. Like we watched Hobson's Choice and that is pristine and glistening. Um, so I was like, oh man, I wish they had kind of like a restoration for um, this edition of the movie. It looked grainy, you know, it looked old. Which I, you know, it is. I wonder old. how hard it is though, because there's there's moments in this where you see like what looks like the film is like rippling. Yeah. Did you guys notice that? Like it got wavy at some points, hmm. and then like you could see. I would just wonder how hard it would be to actually, I don't know, make a 4K Dolby of this. It wasn't me that said it for those playing along in the drinking game. I don't know um, if that counts. I just can't imagine because it looks like whatever they have right now on HBO is pretty bad to work off of. Yeah. I would imagine too that all the stop motion stuff, uh, I wonder if that would just still look the same. They probably filmed that a little bit differently. Remember when we were talking about Robocop 2? Oh, they filmed yeah. the stop motion <laughs> uh, stuff in, you know, what was essentially, I guess, like you know, 480p or something. So mm -hmm. whatever version you're watching, it's going to not look as good as the other scenes. The parts where they bring him back to the city, I was just kind of confounded by the size of him, how they even get him into that theater. He was so huge, but if he has can change his mass, I guess that answers that. Um, the one scene I was chuckling at was when Jack rescues her and comes back. This is kind of like the trope from back then. He's instantly handed a bottle of like liquor. Like, oh, he's like near death, but this is <laughs> the medicine this. he needs. <laughs> like, oh, here you go, Jack. Take this. I just thought that was funny. A lot of the stuff that I loved in this film the most was really a lot of the scenes where there were fog. And I know that might sound a little weird, but the the shots in the jungle and the shots of the boat coming through the fog and initially you're taking off were absolutely gorgeous. Like, I couldn't get over the layers Um of shots in that jungle. You had like, the, you know, like the foreground, the background, but there was still like, for a movie in the 30s with stop motion and live action, and it's all spliced in between. There was so much care in uh, the whole surroundings of these scenes, which I couldn't get over. When Kong mm -hmm. takes Anne to the, to the, his like layer in the mountain, there's like this shot where Jack is kind of coming up as well. And there's like, there's like a waterfall and I just, mm -hmm. it was gorgeous. Like I, it was, I was super impressed with uh, some of the shots. And I think my favorite shot of the film is actually my favorite sequence is uh, I think it's, it's either right after he kills T-Rex, but when he goes back and grabs that log with all the guys on it, I was incredibly impressed on how they did that with him the stop motion ape grabbing a, the log with all 15 guys on it. And they weren't stopped. They were the live actors. Like I couldn't get mm -hmm. over. I, I was like trying to yeah. visually see how they did that. And it was so impressive. Um, I, that scene just, it just shook me. I just couldn't get over it. Yeah. That was so good. Cause I didn't even, I didn't even really think of that. It, it was so well put together. Yeah, like didn't like even, he, it didn't even hit me that oh yeah, this is stop motion and the, the, those are real guys on this log. There was a there was a smart scene where she's tied up and he's like approaching the stand where she's offered as a sacrifice and he's stop motion in the, in the foreground, she's or background and she's closer. 
and she like falls forward off screen and then he like appears holding the doll yeah. of her. Like yes. I, I like that stuff. The it kind was of just how really clever. Things. Yeah. Yeah. Some really clever stuff. Some of the villagers have reviews for this movie. Uh, let me see. I just want to read a few of the V'ger cuts. Pop Fenton says, I'd watch a super cut of all the stop motion all day. Mm. Uh, where's John's? I just saw it and it made me chuckle. Every human in this film sucks shit. (laughs) (laughs) Weirdest episode of Seinfeld ever, Mike says. Uh, I'll read one more. Let's see. Neil, 90% of this dialogue, 90% of the dialogue in this movie is Fay Ray screaming. Holy cow. Kong roaring or sailors shouting some variations on come on fellas. The Fay screaming. I mean Fay. Come on. Can we cut the screaming back by Holy maybe 80% God. of this movie? Right? There was even a scene for her to practice screaming. <laughs> It was amazing. So much screaming. It was too much. Love a good scream. (laughs) I mean, it was a good scream, but holy cow. I mean, yeah, I would scream, but as an audience member, let's cut it back a bit. You know, I'm going deaf. What else on your list, Proto? We mentioned it earlier, but when Kong first appears and they do that close-up of his face and it's clearly a different puppet, Oh boy, I was getting Harry and the Hendersons vibes (laughs) from that face, and I was not prepared to see that. And I, uh, I was, I was taken aback. Uh, But I was also laughing hysterically just at the sight of him because he looked. (laughs) I I mean, it looks super goofy now, but not in a bad way. Mm, Yeah, yeah. it's it's just like a lot of fun. Um, But yeah, that that face. This is definitely going on my subhuman list. He also has that smile. Like he had a smile at one point where he's looking at Faye and it's zoomed in on his face. Mm -hmm. Holy cow. Now you brought up, uh, you brought up the Kong ride at Universal and Mm -hmm. I have early like childhood memories of riding that ride and thinking anytime I was going to go to New York, it could happen. Kong could attack (laughs) And in this film, so in the in the ride on confrontation, you ride in like a it's it's like a subway car, but it's suspended. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he in the New York scene right before this, when he attacks that um, that like over the the train car, I was like getting like nervous. I was like, oh god, this is exactly what I thought would happen. Now, was the Universal ride, I guess, technically based on the seventies movie? Or did it not relate? It was to like the its, movie it was its own kind of story. Oh, okay. Yeah, it wasn't really based on anything. Just kind of Kong attacking New York. So, so as the reviews were coming in from the Discord, there was a lot of like I hadn't watched it by that point yet, but everyone was kind of calling out the problematic nature of this movie, and I, I had no clue what anyone was talking about. I don't remember anything about this movie except for maybe like an Oscar award show supercut of like Kong's arm going into the room. That was all I knew about this movie. But um, there is, you know, the metaphors for race in this movie. It's 1933. Black men, you know, around this time are King Kong from a white 
lens. Mm. You know, they're, they thought that black men were obsessed with stealing our white women. You know, even the locals on the island were, were kind of problematic in and of itself, but they steal her for Kong. They offer what, like five, six, uh, yeah. six women in place of one white woman. Like they try to make a trade. So then we capture Kong from his natural habitat, put him in chains, and we put him on display, like in literal chains, chains, and show how like we're better than Kong. So I was pretty much out of the loop on all of this safe space. And as soon as the reviews came in, I was like, oh yeah, you're right. So I can see, so I actually was thinking of my dad when I was watching this movie. I was like, I wonder if my dad's a movie buff. And I was like, I wonder if my dad caught any of this mm. seeing this movie. I meant to, to call them today to find out. But to be honest, it was like lost on me mm -hmm. until someone pointed it out. And now when you think about it, when you're like, oh yeah, dumb, dumb. It's pretty obvious. But, you know, Prona, did you have any vibes when you were watching it or seeing any of the reviews came in? Because I think you posted a few articles in the Discord about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of had a similar, I think, experience as you is where, you know, people are saying there's things problematic with this. Um, and I'll be honest, like I, I didn't really like catch that at first as I was watching it. But then as I thought about it and read about it, I was like, okay, this makes sense. But I think it... I, I get like, I had some thoughts about that. Um, so like with King Kong, my first experience was the Peter Jackson movie in 2005. Uh, and then it was Skull Island last year. Um, so through both of those, I was ignorant of the race, the racial history and like the context of King Kong. And even as I was watching this one, it, it was easy for me to ignore uh, the racial stereotypes or the personifications that take place. And I think that's because the film itself, it, it's not, it's, I think it's implicit rather than being explicit about these things. Um, at least that's how it feels to me, but I think it feels that way because like as a white guy, I can be like tone deaf mm -hmm. to this kind of stuff. Uh, like when I see it, I'm just thinking like, this is a movie mm -hmm. about a giant gorilla. Um, but also I think that's because that's the advantage that like white people have when they watch like movies like this. Like mm -hmm. I can be tone deaf as I watch right. King Kong because I'm a majority. Like I don't have to see, like I never see myself in movies because like I don't have to. Like white characters aren't me. They are just characters. As, as a white person, I have the privilege of being tone deaf while I'm watching King Kong. Whereas, you know, a minority or someone who has been disenfranchised in some way, when they, when they see representation in a movie, they, they, they are seeing themselves, you know, in some way. So that is them. And when a filmmaker mm -hmm. is making a statement about them, is making a statement about them, whether they like it or not. And I think that can be like the, like a severe disconnect for white people and why I could like watch something like this and be like, you know, like what's, what's the issue? Because I, I, I'm like, like as a, as a person who has had so much representation, it's not even an issue or like something I even think about or that's on my radar. Um, so I was kind of, I, I think like, that's mm -hmm. like my takeaway watching this is like how easy it is for me in my position to just like 
it not even matter. Thank you, Proto. I think you're 100% right. It's easier for us, you know, the big quote us, to just kind of just watch it and not see it. So when Boom, uh, co-host of the Synonauts podcast, uh, I just wanted to call out her review because I thought it was pretty good. And there was a great discussion in Discord as well, um, just in general, about the movie and some helpful links. So again, by all means, join a Discord. Uh, Boom didn't even rate it. Uh, I'll, re I'll read from a review. I won't rate this because its ideologies are trash and contributed to putting into motion some horrific, degrading tropes in cinema that have yet to be fully shaken to this day. Mm. Um, people always talk about the effects for this film. They're groundbreaking and pretty awesome. I won't deny that. I really enjoy the adventure element of the story and the idea of it being the early days of filmmaking and having this ambitious director pushing boundaries and discovering new ways to elevate the movie-making experience. It's also kind of ironic because that's what the film was in real life. It's a clever story, too bad it's dripping in colonialism. So this is just one of those cases where it's just very helpful to seek other perspectives. You know, like if we didn't have the Discord, mm -hmm. I would probably just watch this movie and be like, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <Move on. laughs> Spoilers to my review, my rating. Um, and I probably wouldn't even think anything of it unless I saw a review from someone I knew, mm -hmm. I knew that called this out. Um, so I don't know if you had any thoughts on that, Danny, or uh, I think you probably, you said you agreed with Proto. Well, I definitely agree with Proto. I mean, Proto said exactly how I feel. Just, he said it better than I could. Uh, so thank you for that, Proto. I, it's, I agree with you, Matt, because I didn't get to watch Kong until today. And so I had all week of seeing the villagers uh, reviews come in. Uh, and I'm grateful uh, for that because I watched it from a lens. It's funny because I watched it waiting for um, to see the racist uh, tones in this. And, um, and, it's not, it's not there for, it wasn't there for me. Like I, 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 mm -hmm. I messaged the two of you right when I was done. I'm like, because of how much racism was talked about in reviews and I get finished and I'm like, oh crap, I didn't see anything <laughs> like this is my white privilege. I know that. And, and I didn't see what anyone was talking about. And that's why I DM'd you guys. And I said, what are you going to talk about? To, like talking about the racist tones in this because I don't I don't have any notes on it, uh, so I was worried, mm -hmm. uh, and so I had to do a lot more googling and to to read about it, and so um, I am grateful to be able to have uh, these uh, voices in our Discord and Village and with you guys and uh, to see things that I wouldn't necessarily have seen through you know my white male gaze. Even the most helpful thing to do is to just consider other perspectives. So again, super grateful for the other perspectives on Kong and obviously read up and see you know how it impacts other uh, people that don't look like you. Um, and Carl Denham is still a dirtball and I wanted to watch him <laughs> face the whole movie. A question came through in the Discord while we were talking, was Peter Jackson's version less, I got to scroll up, was less problematic? Uh, I don't remember. And I, I had read so that he changed... The only thing that I read was he changed the location of where Kong was. He wasn't in Africa or close. It was like in the South Seas or something. And I read a commentary that said uh, if he changed the location, then obviously uh, there was a problem with where it was originally or something like mm -hmm. that. But um, I don't know if he caught as much heat. I, I don't know. 
I, did, I actually have never Twas seen it. Twas beauty killed the beast. That's the only thing I remember that dumb movie. Right, right, Jack right. Black's delivery of that line. Mm, I have two more things. Uh, one, I outside of everything we just talked about, I loved Kong in New York. Those shots were super rad. I loved seeing like the wide shots of him climbing the Empire State Building. Mm-hmm. I laughed so hard when Jack was like. I know what we should do, guys. Send up planes. Oh, my God. Like, none of those uh, idiots so thought of using aeroplanes in that oh moment. And Jack has gosh. to come in and save the day. Absolutely incredible. Unbelievable. Uh, but it was laughable. But, man, the shots of Kong on top of Empire swatting out the planes, taking the bullets, uh, and then leading into his death. Like, you can't tell me Kong falling off the Empire State Building and hitting the concrete below, and his body still lay there in one piece. No. It would be a (laughs) pancake mess of blood down there. There, You you were right, too, about the scenes of the Empire State. Oh, my God. Famous. Sean, it's funny you might post the Simpsons uh, meme, but I said to Amanda before I fired up, I was like, now I'll finally be able to see the OG version of all the Simpsons homages from that episode where Burns <laughs> finds King Homer. Um, the shot of the Empire State Building and New York City to start that entire thing, yeah. that was gorgeous. Yeah, super rad. Holy moly. I really loved it. All right, so you got your final <laughs> thoughts in. Uh, my final rating for King Kong, 1933, OG. Uh, I'm two stars. Oh did my, not, holy did cow. Did not enjoy it. Uh, I found the characters insufferable. Mm. Just about every character I found just just get away from me. Mm. I don't want to hear from you anymore. Technical aspects aside, you know, that are actually included in that two-star review. I was going to say. Um, stop motion's amazing. The, tri- the camera trickery, a lot of fun, but I was just bored. doesn't mm. hold up for me at all. Wow, wow, I mean, wow. even the obvious uh, racial overtones included in that as well. So, Prado, what about you? I thought the first five, uh, 45 minutes of this was a one-star movie, but I really had a fun time in the last hour. Um, some of my my other thoughts, I know, Danny, you were talking about just the, the New York City stuff. My, probably my favorite shot is when he's up on the top of the Empire State Building, yeah, I always thought that was kind of like a silly thing when I've heard of it, you know, King Kong on top of the Empire State Building. But I thought that shot looked amazing. I actually felt almost like queasy to my stomach just imagining being that high on a building. Just that that mm. landscape shot. Also, I had this thought, what about a King Kong movie where he takes over New York and he's been living there for 10 years and he's just like decimated the city? Can we get that made? The new Skull Island. Uh-huh. Just Manhattan. Rest, resting on some skyscrapers. Oof. I need it. Uh, King of New York. Oh my God, that'd be amazing. So man. yeah. Holy crap. Are we producing And if, if someone hasn't seen this before, I recommend the Prot Cut, which is you can start at the beginning and then just watch as much until you can't stand it anymore and then just skip to the 45 minute mark and then just watch <laughs> from there. So overall- I give it three stars. Like I did enjoy it. It has, yeah, it's problematic. The beginning's terrible, but I just, I love the stop motion, the beast fighting. Mm-hmm. I, I loved it. Danny, take us home. Um, I'm actually really glad we watched this. We have Kong versus Godzilla coming up this week. Uh, so I'm glad we checked this off. I, 
the stuff I loved uh, kind of outshined the stuff that I hated. I was with Proto. The first 45 minutes is insufferable. It's horrific acting. The dialogue is terrible. Uh, but once you get to the islands, you get the stop motion, you get the dinosaurs and Kong and the jungle, and then you get back to New York. It's pretty incredible work. I mean, they they did some great things. So uh, I'm right there with Proto. This is three stars for me. It's good. Mm. Not nothing to write home about. And um, yeah, I mm. liked it. I enjoyed wow. it. Wow. Wow. When's the last time I was the lowest rated one? Every we other get episode. Gabe to uh, confirm. <laughs> Crunch, uh, crunch the numbers. Crunch the numbers. Ian, former <clears throat> producer of the show, uh, now disgraced, uh, said Proto just described Planet of the Apes when you described Kong taking over New York City. I guess that's the spoiler for the future movies. Anyway. Anyway. Sorry, I was. I thought Proto maybe had thoughts, but I guess not. Oh, I, I don't <laughs> see how that's... I mean, I mean, they both have... They're about... Um, ape i guess but this one's much bigger i'm not really sure what ian's getting at but remnant says i was the lowest for mr nobody so it is fairly recent where it has happened <laughs> um all right so we have to get to some voicemails before we announced announce next week and next month officially mm. it's big it big. is big, big, big. a bag um you can leave us a voicemail or a letter using the links on 70mmpod.com so by all means, check it out. Uh, let's see. We got a letter here coming in hot from Anthony. Let me start this email off by saying I personally enjoyed The Man of Steel. Enjoyed Batman versus Superman. Actually owned copies of both of them, even though I can't remember much about the theatrical version of Justice League. I don't remember hating it. I think I saw it more as a missed opportunity. With that said... Here are my thoughts on the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Cut. Great movie. Too long. Should have been shorter. First two hours need to be tightened. Combine those two hours into one. Trim up the last two hours. Get this movie down to about three hours. Maybe two hours, 45 minutes. And to me, that would make this movie epic. I gave it four stars. Watch it over a couple days. The first two hours were a slog to get through, but the last two hours were amazing. Glad you guys picked it and talked about it. It made me take the time to check it out. Looking mm. forward to King Kong. Great movie, created many special effects that are still being used to this day. Thanks again for running a great podcast. Thanks again for giving me a year of Letterboxd Pro. You guys have gotten me back into watching movies, and I can't say thanks enough for that. You also need to dive into Chinatown sometime. Should be a part of go. shame month. Here we go. You know it's coming. It's Chinatown. <laughs> when I was writing screenplays, it was the one I studied often. And if Slim hasn't seen Slacks with two X's on Shudder, he should. Before oh. I go, Apocalypse Now, one of my favorite Vietnam movies. Glad you guys enjoyed it and reviewed it. Cheers, mm -hmm. Anthony, AWR72 on Letterboxd. Can I say one thing about the DC uh, movie Justice League Snyder Cut? If you're coming into it and you're thinking, man, four hours, this is long. Because I still disagree with the people complaining about it being long. It's broken up into six chapters. Take your time. Get them. Watch a chapter at a time. You don't have to rush this thing. You don't have to watch it in four hours in one sitting. Okay? Get them. That's all I have to say. That's pretty much <laughs> Chris, uh, in dog years, I'm not sure if he's here tonight. He sent, uh, if he's like, if I may send my review. 
for Kong. Uh, so I have it here. This is uh, in dog years from the Discord. In this movie, King Kong is shown to be about 50 feet tall, about 8x the size of an average gorilla. I found that a fully grown silverback gorilla can bench press around a staggering 4,000 pounds. Though I'm not sure how they know this unless they somehow manage to get a gorilla to put up a few reps. <laughs> I'll have to remember to YouTube this later. So anyway, let's assume that Kong can bench around the ballpark of, say, 32,000 pounds. These morons hooked him down with three <laughs> chains, called it a day, and packed the house full of spectators. Not even a single stupid big game Van Pelt from Jumanji-looking hunter with a tranquilizer gun on the ready. On top of that, he was hopped up on some 1930s sedative, which, if we're being honest, was some mixture of morphine, alcohol, and cocaine, and shook him awake in a hostile environment. Tell me how they would have handled King Kong taking a shit, let alone breaking out of his three goddamn chains. <laughs> they were chrome steel dummies. The whole lot of them. Yeah, and then Amazing. and then you yep. drag Anne in front of him just to get the him. love of his life. Yeah. Hey, Jack, put your arm around her. See, <laughs> let's get a nice photo right in front of the monster, huh? This is how it talks, eh? Denim needs to wake up. <laughs> All right, we got. Two voicemails tonight uh, before we get to our big announcement. What's up, 70MM? It's Mike. I wanted to call in about the prequel to the Nintendo Donkey Kong series, King Kong, <laughs> 1933. Really excited to see what the discussion's going to be about, especially about how this movie ties into the video game series. So look forward to hearing your discussion about that. But I wanted to talk about the movie. Uh, I wanted to talk mostly about how like the first half hour of this movie was probably the most interesting, engaging what? part of the entire film that really sucked me in and kept me watching. Um, if only because the dialogue was snappy, just the straightforwardness of everything and every character was great. You know, until we get to the island and meet the ship's captain, uh, you know, with all of the very extremely racist uh, 1930s era caricatures of people. This movie was was pretty solid besides that. I, I will say, you know, the claymation was great. All of the, the action sequences, you know, were fantastic uh, with the claymation. You know, I think what really sold this movie was how well the actors delivered seeing these monsters that were clearly not there. Um, I, I think that was fantastic. Like the stegosaurus scene where it gets killed and they walk by and are talking about it. That was mm. great. You know, but other, otherwise, you know, this this movie was three and a half star movie. Mm. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that someone picked it because otherwise I would have never watched this. The end of the movie was very long and very loud. And overall, this was probably the loudest movie I've ever seen in my life. So <laughs> yeah, thanks for thanks for picking this so I could experience it. Catch you guys later. Uh, thank you, Mike. <laughs> it was a loud I, movie. Un unbelievable. Three and a half stars for Mike. Surprised uh, by that, honestly. Jake in chat says, I must have watched the wrong movie. <laughs> <laughs> if you're looking for a comics podcast in your life by all means don't forget to check out mike's podcast the i read comic books podcast uh last voicemail of the night let's get to it right meow what's up 70 millimeter it's wes my voice is much better this week thanks for asking not sure what was going on last week Anyway, just thought I'd drop a quick VM, at least by my standards, to say thanks for picking this movie. There's plenty of uncomfortable truths about King Kong that need to be addressed more widely, and you've created the space to do that, so thanks again. When I first watched this back in January, I think it was, the racist tropes depicted made for really uncomfortable viewing at times, yet I couldn't fully articulate my thoughts on it. 
But the villager discussions in the Discord this week have been truly, truly enlightening. So props mm. to you all for building such an open-minded, supportive community of smart, articulate and thoroughly decent people. <laughs> for what it's worth, I find it impossible to land on a concrete rating for this film. On the one hand, it's a total five-banger in terms of story, adventure, suspense and, of course, those incredible technical elements. But on the other it's steeped in racist symbolism that only becomes more abhorrent when you place it in the context of the history at the time. And the latter should never be erased when talking about the former, hmm. especially when those two things are so intrinsically linked. I've seen a lot of people dump on this film for its acting, however. To that, <laughs> I would just say, it's 1933, guys. Can we just adjust those expectations? Faye Ray is the OG Scream Queen. Show some respect, please. <laughs> anyway, cheers again, guys. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Who knows if she even was able to scream again for the rest of her life after this movie? I actually didn't mind Faye. I thought she was good yeah, when she, she wasn't was screaming. Yeah. I don't, it's hard to adjust my expectations when I've been watching Fritz Lang, who was making movies <laughs> at the same time. It's true. It's very true. I, I forgot to say, uh, well, first of all, thanks. Wes for the VM, very nice. I agreed this. I didn't mention it, but I did enjoy the story itself. You know, it's a genius yeah, it's story right. idea. Yeah. Um, overall, all right. I think that is it for this week. Now, this is the end of the month, so shame month is officially over. Uh, we marinated on some things. Um, I got a DM from a villager mm. who has been quiet so far tonight. I think forest with a suggestion on the next month and that would be a month you know he just shot out a name for it blockbusted month or you could call it box office bombs movies that underperformed uh compared to their expectations so proto has exhaustively prepared a list of movies that fit under this bill. It's like hundred and some movies he put together. So just to write off some examples of what we're talking about, Tenet, Heaven's Gate, one of the mm. biggest bombs in history. If you grew up watching movies, you know about that movie. Battlefield Earth. Mm. Sahara, Matthew McConaughey. Bombs. Uh, Titan AE, remember that movie? Uh, Wrinkle in Time. So those are just some of the movies. Uh, did any of those jump out at you? You don't have to reveal a pick for the future. It's my pick. I'm just just curious. Uh, well, I remember talking about Heaven's Gate last yeah, year at that, some right? point, and I was like, "Oh, this is interesting." And apparently, there was that like changed Hollywood in some way. So I was interested in that. I mean, the Postman, Kevin Costner. Come on. Oh my you know? gosh! <sighs> Can you imagine <sighs> returning to Costner? Oh, for the baby. Postman. There's also that uh, Keanu Reeves movie, 47 Ronin, that came out the other year. Mm -hmm. I've, I don't know anything about it, but Keanu. This is the reason why I brought up Final Fantasy, The Spirits Within, too. I remember that coming out in the CGI at the time being mind-blowing. But that was like the end of Sony's experimentation with <laughs> CGI movies right after that. <laughs> Jupiter Ascending. Mm -hmm. Treasure Planet. Wind Talkers. So these are just a few potential options. So I have my pick already for next week. Me too. Week. Not you next do? Week. Not for next week. Okay. All right. I have my movie picked. So next week, I felt like this, I saw a movie that jumped out at me on this list. Oh, Box baby. Office Bombs, Block Busted. It's time to right a wrong. Uh-oh. 
in the history Shrek, of this I swear show. To God. Is Shrek on here? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No. It's a bomb in my heart. It's time to right a wrong. I have chosen a movie by the name of Speed Racer. Oh my from God. The Wachowskis. There it is. You did it. This has been oft looked over in our voting. It has okay. never gotten the vote. Okay. To win its place as a feature prezzo on this show, but it's time. Have you We're seen doing it? it? I've never seen it. <gasps> never seen it. Is there a 4K of this? this? Oh, yeah, there has to be. <laughs> I saw this IMAX 3D and I was a changed man. I'm ready. This movie in uh, 4K would be ridiculous. Is, is this available? I Letterbox isn't even loading now. We just <sighs> we broke crashed Letterboxd. the servers. I can't even see. I'm getting the error pages now. So I hope that's available in 4K. I don't know if it is, but I don't I know it's not streaming, so this is gonna have to be a rental. You don't own this already, people? If you don't own this. Myself included. It's at Wake Goodwill. Up. Go to your okay. local Goodwill. Dollar. I'll hit up the Goodwill for a VHS if I have to. So this is a big month. Uh, we're going to be choosing our movies from this list that Proto has meticulously uh, poured over. He was looking up websites. He's like making notes. He's writing down mm-hmm. in his notepad, uh, looking up, looking down, looking up, looking down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm excited. When are you guys watching Kong vs. Godzilla? Uh, what is that? When does that come out? Next Friday? Mm. earlier in the week it's the 31st Friday the 31st let's see that's probably going to be a midday mid-afternoon watch for me I mean I'm just saying because I'm seeing it in a private screening in a theater this week (laughs) (laughs) just saying famous artist Danny Haas getting you know uh, invited to in theater screenings of Godzilla vs. Kong I do what I can I'm going to be sitting on my lazy boy nice with my feet up Maybe eating some um, carrots do, and hummus. The wife and child, hopefully. With my family, two dogs. Prado, what about you? How are you going to watch that movie? I'll probably be watching it on my phone as before I pass out <laughs> after putting my kids to bed. <laughs> on a night. <laughs> Just be careful week. it doesn't drop on your face. Thank you. Mm. Do you have any thoughts to close us out this week? Any thoughts? Um... You know, King Kong, he's big. He's a big deal. I'm glad that we take on things that are small, take on things that are big, and that we do it together. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see everybody next week for Speed Race You. Speed Racer. (laughs) We'll see everybody next week for Speed Racer. Love you. Goodbye. Seventy Millimeter is a VHS Village production, featuring original artwork provided by Danny Haas. Spiritual Guidance and Viger, the robot who loves movies, provided by Protolexus. Producer Emeritus, Dale underscore A. Prints and other merch are available on 70mmpod.com. This episode was mixed, edited, and produced by me, Slim. 
And you can support our Patreon for access to our Discord to talk movies with other villagers, get early access to episodes, discounts on merch, and a physical membership card mailed to you. If you would like to support our friends at Letterboxd and upgrade to pro or patron status, you can do so with a 20% off discount using the links on 70mmpod.com. Goodbye.